Here we are. We are in week four of our series, Forgotten Virtues. Virtues are the qualities that help a person do right by someone else, do right, even do right by God, right? And quite often society tells us, do right by me first. Put yourself first. Quite often that, that is at the expense of everyone else around you. So today I want to talk about the forgotten virtue of purity. Purity. Purity with a P. I, I remember um, buying brand new shoes, and I don't know if you've done this as well. When you buy a brand new white pair of shoes, you'll try all that you can to keep them white. Get a little bit of dirt on it, what do you do? Clean it off straight away. They're like your favorite shoes, your favorite white shoes. But there does come a time when those sparkling white shoes are no longer sparkling. <laughs> right? They're, bit, they're not as pure as they used to be, and when they stop becoming pure, they're no longer your favorite shoes. And you kind of get used to them being um, unclean, right? You just kind of get used to it. I remember when I changed my first nappy. My first nappy ever changed, I put it on backwards. I put it on backwards. And I remember changing my first poo nappy. Anybody remember changing poo nappies? Maybe you're watching this, you've never done that before. I tell you what, when you do it for the first time, it's such an experience. I remember opening up and the smell hits you. felt like I was going to faint. And I remember getting poo on my hand. I thought I was going to die. I'd just been contaminated, right? But here's the thing. The more times you change a nappy, the more the, you become acquainted with the smell and even the poo. Even if you get a bit of poo on your hand, you get used to it. Because you get used to being unclean. You're like, oh, it's a bit of poo on my finger. Should be right. And you keep going. And we, kind of do, we just get used to it. We, just, we, we get accustomed to being unclean. You know what's really interesting is this is true of our behaviors and attitudes. Did you know that? It's so true of our behaviors and attitudes because whatever you tolerate, you become. Whatever you tolerate, you become. The problem is we entertain ourselves with media, movies, music that glorify sex outside of marriage, that glor- movies that glorify affairs. And then somebody actually has an affair, and we're horrified, right? We're, we're horrified the fact that someone that we're disgusted by it, but yet we entertain ourselves, and then we freak out when someone actually does it. See, this is the area where culture, where culture does more to bait us to the edge of disaster, and then shames us when we actually step across certain lines. Here's the thing: if we could get this area right. If we can get this area right in our lives, in our community, in our cities, in our town, in our nation, there'll be fewer unwanted pregnancies. There'll be, there'll, there'll be fewer kids who are growing up in homes without a father, growing up in homes without a mother. In fact, there'll be, there'll be fewer kids in foster care. There'll be uh, fewer domestic violence. And we all know someone who has been, whose life has, been, has become completely different because of this area. But if we can only get this one area right in our lives, it can change everything. Because whatever you tolerate, you become. Whatever you tolerate, you become. When we get into the Word of God, about 2,000 years ago, the Apostle Paul, he went around planting churches around the Mediterranean. And now he's writing this letter to the church, to the church he planted in Corinth. And he's reminding them of what he taught. And so, why don't you turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, and we're going to go all the way to verse 20. 
And this is his opening line from verse 18. This is what he says. He says, flee from sexual immorality. What does he say? They say flirt with sexual immorality? No, he says flee. Flee from sexual immorality. See, I don't care how strong you think you are. I don't care how strong you think you are in the Lord or how many years you've walked with Jesus. (laughs) If you find yourself in a position where sexual immorality is right in your face, the Bible does not say fight it, right? I don't care how strong you are. The Bible says flee, flee, flee from sexual immorality. Regardless whether you, it's with someone else, or even if you, if you open up your device and all these images come up on your screen, right? you flee. Because this kind of temptation, we are not meant to fight because you will lose. Scripture clearly tells us to flee. Not fight, but to flee. See, this is exactly what every husband wants their wife to do. This is exactly what every wife wants their husband to do. This is exactly what every parent wants wants their child to do. This is exactly what every big brother wants their little sister to do, to flee. But sometimes we set ourselves up not to flee from, but to flirt with, right? We bait ourselves to to the edge of disaster. And then when we step off, we feel ashamed. Or or other people step, step off and we condemn them. Here's the thing. Am I flirting or fleeing? Am I flirting or fleeing? Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body. It's really interesting because Paul immediately puts sexual sin in a category all of its own. Puts it, it's in a category. There's sin, there's lots of sin out there, but sexual immorality, it's different. It's different to, to everything else. To everything else because it's possible to fully recover financially. It's possible to fully recover academically. But when it comes to sexual sin, it's not the case. Forgiven? Absolutely. Fully escape the consequences? Quite often, never. The damage is done. See, sexual sins can make you a liar and a secret keeper for life. For life, unlike anything else. See, you admit your past background, bankruptcy. You'll pass all, you, you, you admit all kinds of things. But when it comes to sexual sin, this brings shame. Because, because, you know, what will people think about me? And because of that, that's why sexual sin can make you a liar and a secret keeper for life. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sin a person commits are outside the body. But whoever sins sexually, sins against their own body. Now, Jesus taught that every time you honor a person, you honor God. When you honor people, you honor God. So therefore, sexual sin is anything you do to potentially hurt someone or hurt another person. That's what makes it a sin. When you potentially hurt someone, because here's the thing. When we read in the New Testament, anytime you defraud someone, Anytime you cheat someone, anytime you take from someone, anytime you hurt someone, that's considered sin. So when you take from someone something that it is intended for or promised to someone else, you sin against that person. Sexual sin. 
See, God is not against sex. It has everything to do with how much God loves, honors, and cherishes you and all the people around you, right? That's what's a big deal to God because the consequence of sexual sin is so different. And God loves you too much to keep his mouth shut. Am I flirting or fleeing? Am I flirting or fleeing? Verse 19. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? Now, Paul shifts the conversation away from consequences to identity, right? In which the world will say, your sexuality determines your identity. You know what? That is not true. Your sexuality has got nothing to do with identity. Nothing to do with that whatsoever. Paul goes on to say, do you not know who you are? This is identity. This is who you are. This is your identity. And he says, you are a temple. You're like, a temple? What kind of identity is that? And you'll say, well, temples are sacred. But in our culture, nothing is sacred. To which Paul would say, but you are. You are sacred. In fact, you are more sacred than the most sacred site anywhere on the planet. You are sacred because you contain the Holy Spirit of God. That is who you contain. The Holy Spirit of God dwells within you. You are a sacred image bearer. You bear the image of God. Do you know what you contain? Do you know who dwells within you? Do you know why that's a big deal? Because the value of a container is determined by what it contains. The value of a container is determined by what it contains. Like my wallet, right? What makes my wallet valuable? What makes it valuable is, is what it contains, right? Sometimes it doesn't, it's not that valuable. <laughs> but what's in there? It's got my cards, it's got, it's got my money cards, it's got all sorts of things in there. That's what, it's not the wallet that's valuable, it's what it contains. Because it contains all these things, it makes the wallet valuable, right? And your heavenly Father says, you contain the image of God. You contain the image of God. You are extraordinarily valuable. And so is everyone else around you. You are valuable, and so is your neighbor. And so is anybody you happen to meet is valuable because of what we contain. That's why abortion and euthanasia is so far away from the heart of God. Because every single human being, born or unborn, carries the image of God. It's what we carry that makes you valuable. You are not your own. That's what the Apostle Paul says. You are not your own. To which we say, yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm an adult. I'm adulting right now. I'm a free agent. It's my body. I can do what I want to. Right? To which Paul says, you are not your own. You were bought, you were bought at a price. And be glad that you are not your own. Because ownership determines value as well. Ownership determines value as well. I've brought a little example along. I brought along my, a pet dog. Here he is. Now this here, 
this is it's, it's a bit it's a raggedy raggedy old dog, right? And if you look really carefully, you probably can't see the seams are coming across at the back. It's been kind of sewn together many years ago. The ears are kind of falling apart. It's not as bright. It's kind of lost its color, right? It's this raggedy old dog, right? But um, <clears throat> but to my daughter, this this dog is priceless. And the reason why this this dog is priceless is because who owned who owned this dog? And do you know who owned this dog? Well, this dog was mine. <laughs> Back when I was, when I was uh, wee high, knee high to a grasshopper. This little, little dog like this used to be mine when I was a toddler. Now my daughter owns this. And to her, this is very valuable. Right? Because ownership. Ownership determines value as well. Ownership. And that's why this dog was important. That's why it's so important to my, to my daughter. Because ownership determines value as well. And here's the thing. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. How much? God loved you so much. You are so valuable to God that God stepped into His creation. And He bound Himself in flesh. In the fullness of Jesus Christ, He died on the cross for all your sins. For your greatest Regret. So you are free. That's how valuable you are to God. And that's the price He paid. He paid for you that He gave up His life for you. That's how valuable you are to Him. He loves you. Possible Paul goes on to say, Therefore, here's the application. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. See, when you find yourself Heading in a direction, ask yourself this question. Am I honoring God? When I'm faced with sexual immorality, when I find myself alone with someone that I shouldn't be alone with, right? Am I honoring God? Am I honoring this person? Because when I honor people, I honor God. When I find myself looking at something on my device, am I honoring God by doing this? Am I honoring this person who's represented on this device? Am I flirting or fleeing? Am I flirting or fleeing? I love what Psalms 119 verse 9 says. It says, How can a young person stay on the path of purity? How can a young person stay on the path of purity? And here's the key. By living according to to your word. I seek you with all my heart and do not let me stray from your commands. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. How well do you know the word of God? How well do you know the word of God? Have you hidden his word? Do you know it so well that it's in your heart that every time you come across something that's that you recognize straight away that is not of God because this word is in there. It's like the warning bells. tells you, you still need to decide. But how well do you know this word of God? I really believe that the reason why Christians compromise their standards is because they don't, know, they don't actually know what God's standards are. They don't actually read their Bibles. And that's why it's so easy for many to be influenced by the world's standards. Because whatever you tolerate, you become. Whatever you tolerate, you become. 
Instead of many Christians fleeing, they begin to flirt with, they begin to run towards sexual immorality because the world tells them it's okay to live together before you're married. It's okay. But that's what the world standards are. It's okay. But is it honoring God? Is it honoring those around you? Are you treating people as sacred image bearers? So what does this mean for us? It means you need a plan to keep safe. You need to plan to keep safe. Number one, you need to confess to God. Confess to God. We have a good God who will purify us from all our sins. You need to confess to God. God, I'm struggling with this person in my workplace. I'm struggling with this person wherever I'm meeting them, or I'm struggling with whatever it is that I'm on, I'm going to confess to God, please forgive me for my sins, and He will purify you from all your sins. And number, number two is this. You've got to confess to the right people. Confess to the right people. In fact, James 5 verse 16 says this. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Right? We, we don't confess our sins to each other to be forgiven. We confess to God to be forgiven. We confess to each other to the right people, so that we may be healed. Right? See, we all wear a mask, and the mask is there to protect us from the wrong people. They knew stuff about you, they can use it against you. The only, it only becomes an issue when you're the only one who knows what's going on behind the mask. That's why we need to have right people around us so we can confess, we can be honest with them. That's why we have connect groups in church. Get connected, we can learn to trust. Get in a, have a band of brothers, band of sisters around you where you can be honest and learn to take down the mask. And then you begin to find free. When you're by yourself and you come across sexual immorality, what do you do? You flee. Don't fight because you'll lose. But when I'm around with a band of brothers who I'm confessing with, that's when I'm able to fight because I'm with people. We fight together. Number three, remove the triggers. Don't be stupid. <laughs> You know, the number one person you're good at fooling, right? It's not people around you. It's you. I'm so good at fooling me, right? Remove the triggers. If you continue to lose on the same path, get off the path. Can you trust somebody with your phone? Can you hand your phone freely to somebody? Or you're like, mm, I don't want to see some things on there. That's an issue. Those are triggers. Get issue with your phone, your devices. Am I flirting or fleeing? You've got to decide to live a life of purity. Flee or flirt. Flee honors God. Flee, fleeing honors your kids, your future kids, your grandkids. Fleeing honors others. But flee requires a plan to keep safe. Am I living a life of purity? Am I honoring God? Am I flirting or fleeing? See, honor God with your bodies. And honor the other bodies around you because they are so valuable to your heavenly Father. Because every single person bears the image of God. Did you get that? Every, every single person on this planet Every unborn child in their mother's womb 
bears the image of God. It doesn't matter what color they are. It doesn't matter what race they are. It even doesn't matter what religion they are. Because every single person bears the image of God and deserves our utmost respect because of whose image they bear. See, what if you saw everyone around you like that? Can you imagine the transformation within our communities? Can you imagine the people that we can reach with the gospel of Jesus because every single person out there deserves our utmost respect because of whose image they bear? How can a young person keep his way pure? By living according to his word. Come on, let us pray.